Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Are you ready for the Word this morning? If you have your Bible with you, if you want to turn to Luke's Gospel, the 24th chapter, uh, Luke chapter 24, we're going to launch a series of messages this morning entitled Face to Face. And the thought behind this series is this, that, you know, I, I feel like sometimes I can't help but feel like that a lot of people regard Resurrection Sunday as a season finale in the third season of a three-season series. You know, Jesus lived, did ministry here on the earth for three years, and it's like, it's, it's kind of one of those things that you've heard people talking about it all along, but now you know it's really getting to the good stuff near the climax of the series, and, and, and then all of a sudden people start leaning in. Nobody's really paid a lot of attention seasons one and two, but the longer this thing runs, the more interesting it becomes, and, and finally people start leaning in, and we watch the triumphal entry. We see Jesus overturning the tables of the money changers, and oh man, this is getting good. We can't. We can't look away. We're on the edge of our seats as we see Jesus spitting truth. We'd, we'd been wanting to see somebody set Judas straight all this time. And, and we hear Jesus talking about forecasting his betrayal and his denial. And we, we can't look away because we, we've got to see who's going to be the perpetrator in these instances. And, and Jesus is arrested and one of his followers lops off the ears of one of the arresting officers. And, you know, we're just like, get the popcorn the plot is thickening here, and, and we see Jesus dragged from judgment hall to judgment hall, and we look on with absolute horror as Jesus is beaten and crucified, and the suspense of a silent Saturday wears at us as we wait for the next episode to drop. And the new day dawns. There's a great shaking. There's a great light. I'm sure there were majestic sounds. The stone begins to roll away, and there Jesus finally emerges. Oh, it's Jesus. He's alive. I'm so relieved. We all clap and applaud, as we should. But then I believe in the minds of many, the credits begin to roll, and the screen fades to black, and we assume that Jesus is just somewhere backstage taking a break waiting for next year to deliver another stellar resurrection performance for a very celebratory crowd next year. But I'm here to share with you today and remind you that there is a continuance. I know that Jesus hung on the cross and as he hung there on the cross, yielded up his life as the atonement for my sin and yours, that there on the cross Jesus said, it is finished. But what was finished in that moment was the atoning work to cover and cleanse us from sin. But there is a continuance of the work of Christ in my life and yours today that is the enablement not only to be cleansed from sin, but to walk in victory over that sin and to live victorious in this life. Yes, on the cross, Jesus died. It is finished, he said, and his, his work 
the work that he came to do in redeeming mankind was done but but what happened in Jesus resurrection also opened a gateway for him to begin to minister in your life and mine like a way in a way like never before because the empty tomb is the validation of every promise that Jesus ever made. And when he came out of that tomb, he didn't emerge in dormancy or to take a sedentary posture someplace. But he came forth in power. He came forth in power. And when he came out of the tomb, he came out to continue a work in your life and mine in great power. Jesus came. He bled, he died, and he's been resurrected so that through the power of his presence, you and I can still have very intimate encounters with the living God. Jesus' encounters with people here on this earth, if you think back through the ministry of Jesus, his encounters here on the earth with people were very, very intimate, very personal. Sure, we see Jesus ministering to the masses. We see him teaching the multitudes. But even in the context of the multitudes, you know, it was, it was in a thronging crowd that Jesus met with the woman with the issue of blood. It was before the multitudes that Jesus met with a little boy who offered his lunch and saw that indeed little is much when God is in it. It was in a temple full of people where Jesus spoke to a solitary man and said, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched forth his hand and he was healed in that instance. So oftentimes, even in the masses, we see Jesus dealing with the individual. And I want to tell you today that regardless of how insignificant and how unseen you feel in this moment, regardless of how minute and minuscule you feel in this world can i tell you that there's a very personal god today who is looking on at your life and wants to meet you face to face and do something very dynamic and very powerful in your life throughout the gospel we read the various accounts of people that jesus met face to face and, and these moments of meeting were often in the middle of some of their most trying of life situations. The, the result was always the same, though. However, people, people walked away from these encounters different than the way they walked into them. <laughs> and I, again, I believe that Jesus wants to meet us today in a very special way. I believe he wants to verify the reality of his presence in your life i believe he wants to demonstrate the completeness of his power i believe that there are some here today for whom jesus wants to minister a deep healing from the hurt that resides in your heart and mind i want to turn our attention specifically though to to four face-to-face encounters because I, I think oftentimes we're well attuned to the face-to-face encounters that Jesus had. We, we think about the woman, the adulterous woman who was thrown at his feet. And Jesus drew in the sand and spoke a few words and her accusers left her. We, we, we're acquainted with those scenarios in our minds and our hearts. But I, I think sometimes it slips our our remembrance that there were times that Jesus actually met with people after his resurrection 
And that's the point I want to drive home to you over these next several weeks is that even though Jesus has finished his earthly work and he has ascended into heaven, he is still available to you and I for very personal, very, very real and very intimate encounters. That if we'll be open to his moving in our lives, we'll be challenged and we'll be changed. We'll be encouraged. We'll be inspired. And I know that there are several encounters during this span of time between Jesus' resurrection and ascension because John tells us that Jesus did many great things in that span of time. But there are, there are four places, actually there are five, and can I just tell you that when Jesus met Mary Magdalene in the garden, her hope was instantly restored. A hope that had been lost in a savior, a hope that had been lost in a redeemer, a hope that had been lost in a liberator was instantly found again in that moment. And I don't, I don't gloss over that or pass by it, but I want to focus on these four things in particular over the next several weeks because I know that there are several encounters during that span of time between Jesus' resurrection and ascension, but there are four in particular that are spelled out for us in great detail. And I want to spend the next several weeks focusing on these face-to-face encounters with the resurrected Lord. So if you've got your Bible with you, I want you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel, the 24th chapter. And we're going to pick up this narrative in in, uh, verse 13. And it says these words, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things that had happened. Here are two men. They're kind of like the introduction that we spelled out in this message where certain events have unfolded, certain drama has unfolded. It seems that there's a finality to the things that they've seen and they've walked away from that moment uncertain about what lies ahead, if anything at all, is out in front of them. The crucifixion has happened. It seems like the story is over. And they're talking about how exciting the show had been and probably comparing it to how uneventful life had become in the short couple of days since. And so it was that while they conversed in reason that Jesus himself drew near. God, I love that. And went with them. And I want to tell you today, church, that whatever you're walking through, Whatever you're facing in this life, there's there's the availability of the presence of the Lord to draw near to you and to walk with you through whatever it is. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk this road and you're sad? Part of me thinks that maybe Jesus was really inquiring. Although I've found oftentimes in the word that when the Lord asks a question, it's not necessarily for his finding out. But it's for our reflection on the reality of the moment. Son of man, can these bones live again? I don't know. Lord, you know. Because if I begin to speak in my wisdom, 
conventional wisdom is going to say no, they can't. But the probing of the Lord in that moment leads us to a place of of deeper faith to say, well, wait a minute, with God, all things are possible. You know, with with God, maybe, maybe this is a potential here that these dry bones could be resurrected to life again. So here's Jesus, and he comes up beside these guys, and he says, hey, what kind of conversation is this that you're having? And, and I believe in this moment, this is a challenge to these disciples. And I believe that you and I need to be challenged in our thoughts as well and our conversations to just stop and reflect for a moment and say, wait a minute, what kind of conversations am I having? What, what kind of thoughts am I allowing to be formed in my mind and find passageway out of my mouth what kind of words am I proclaiming over my situation what kind of what kind of prophetic voice am I using as I encounter the challenges of life and here's these guys and, and I believe that Jesus wants each of us to have an awareness of the conversations that we're having conversations with others conversations in our own heads how many of you have conversations with yourself? How many of you answer yourself? I, I answer myself, so I enjoy intelligent conversation. I just answer back. But Jesus calls out to him and he says, What kind of conversation are you having, A, and B, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the conversation that you're having is making you visibly sad. The things that you're rehearsing amongst yourselves, the things that you're discussing in this moment, the manner in which you are processing the facts in this moment, they're making you sad. And Jesus called that out in him. Why are you despondent? And he identifies something in them spiritually that needs to be awakened. And I'm telling you today, church, that sometimes the reason we're defeated and the reason we're sad and the reason we're despondent and cold in this life is because of the conversations that we're entertaining with others and in our own heads. Rather than recounting the promises, we're rehearsing all of the impossibilities. I'm telling you, this is going to get really bad here in just a second. We're going to read on. Verse 18 continues, and Jesus says, Then one of them whose name was Cleopas answered and said, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which had happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Listen. Be very careful. Be very careful that you don't place an expectation in your ideal of how life should be at a greater premium 
then you hold the lordship of Jesus Christ and his victory over all those things. Because in this instance, these men had determined, they had a predetermined course of action. They had already decided how things should be. And, and when they got to a point of realizing that things were not in this life as they had estimated that they should be, they began to rehearse this negative narrative. They began to have this, as we would call, stinking thinking. And they began to rehearse this stuff with one another. And it began to affect their countenance. And they were sad and they were despondent and their hearts were growing cold. And listen to this, verse 21. I'm going to back up verse 20. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping, we were hoping that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. Why, he was the one who redeemed Israel. You see, that's the reality of it is that sometimes God is working on our behalf but because he's not working on our behalf in the way that we anticipated that he should, we're assuming that he hasn't heard the prayer or that he hasn't understood the need or that maybe, just maybe, he's not been powerful enough to intervene. And here are these men, they're, they're rehearsing this thing and, and you, can, you can almost fill in the blanks of all the peripheral conversation that's been happening just based on the things that they are saying here in the text. But we were hoping that it was going to be him who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, listen, sometimes we can get so determined about our ideal of the way things should have been that we don't need people to bother us with the facts. We get so tied up in the construct of our imagination that we don't need to be bothered with the facts of reality. Listen to this. Oh, this, this, this thickens right here. He says, indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our country who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. And when they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said but him they did not see can you can you hear it can you hear the desperation in their voices oh we were we were hoping and hope is now dissipated have have you ever talked to someone who was determined to be defeated I, i've had conversations with people who had already created this narrative in their minds. And it didn't matter how much hope you spoke over their lives. It didn't matter how much victory you spoke over their lives. It didn't matter how much encouragement you offered them. They were determined that they were going to be defeated. They were determined that they were going to be the victim in that circumstance. And these guys are those guys. Right here, they're determined in this moment. It doesn't matter how many facts of the matter you portray to me right now. I'm determined that this is how I thought it was going to be. This is how I thought things should have turned out. But this is not the way things are. And I don't care what anybody says about a resurrection and the power of God to raise from the dead. I believe my situation is ruined. 
That's the long version of this conversation. And that's the conversation that many of us have in our minds day after day after day after day. I delivered to you a message last week to say to you that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just an ideal, a philosophy, or an argument to be made in the plethora of other arguments. It is indisputably the absolutely only way for the redemption of mankind. And it's not just something that's made available to us so that we can escape hell when we die, but it's a power that's been afforded to us that we can exist here victorious and have life in Jesus Christ, abundant and free. And I wonder today if life has the zest for you that it once had. I wonder if today you're struggling to make sense of things that you see going on in the world around you. I wonder if you're so espoused to a narrative that you're blinded to the reality of the gospel and the power of God available to work effectively in your life. It says here, interestingly enough, that these men were constrained from seeing him. I don't know particularly if that is a supernatural constraint or a natural constraint. But I do know that there are times in our lives when circumstance, when when our focus is so much on the things that have gone wrong that our view and our vision can be constrained from seeing our storm can seem so much greater than the peace speaker the mountain can seem so much greater than the mountain mover it's all a matter of perspective in what you're holding as being greater And I wonder if we've placed our trust in a particular sort of set of circumstances only to be disheartened when they don't turn out the way we thought they should. And these guys are so disappointed with life that they don't even want to believe the good news they've received. Verse 25, then he said to them, O foolish one, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets had spoken. Ought not the Christ have suffered these things and entered into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone further, but they constrained him saying, Abide with us for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass as they sat at the table with him, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said this. They said this. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scripture to us. Didn't, didn't our hearts burn in us? Jesus, Jesus reveals himself 
there in that moment and those guys just like in an instant they're like you know what I knew there was something different about him I knew there was something different about him you can stand my 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 heart was warmed in his presence my thoughts were challenged in his presence a void that was left in me because of things going on around me was filled and I want to tell you today church that if you're tired if you're defeated if you've been left cold by the affairs of this life I encourage you don't be satisfied with a surface relationship but invite Jesus in invite him in to come and commune with you as friend to friend and minister to you and speak life over you encourage you until your heart has been set aflame in the power of his presence until your perspective has been challenged and changed and you no longer view yourself as a pauper but but rather an heir to the kingdom of God and all that it affords. No longer viewing yourself as defeated, but victorious in the presence of a Savior who has conquered death, hell, and the grave on your behalf. No longer viewing yourself as a victim of circumstances, but as someone who regardless of circumstances has been afforded the grace to overcome. Jesus will fill your heart with joy. Jesus will restore your hope and Jesus will ignite a fire in your soul that will help you realize the abundant life that he came to give. And I just want to I just want to close today in opening up these altars. As our team ministers today, I can't help but feel like there may be some under the sound of my voice who life's been leaving you cold life's been leaving you despondent you've been knocked down so many times you've been you've been facing the hard realities of life so much that it's hard to it's becoming hard to embrace the truths of the kingdom and the reality of resurrection power. I want to encourage you today that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And, and I want to encourage you today that if your heart is not warm in the presence of God right now in this moment, that if there's a coldness, if there's a despondency, I'm calling to revival. I'm calling you to fan the flame. To get on your knees before God. To get on your face before heaven and say, Oh God, let your Holy Ghost and fire rain on me afresh today, oh Jesus. Have your way in my heart, my life. God, change my perspective. Challenge my thoughts, oh God, so that I see you as so much greater. Not as the one who disappointed my expectations, but as the one who overcame the grave on my behalf. Thank you, Lord.
I want to ask today with every head bowed and every eye closed if you're in this place today and you'd say pastor would you pray for me I don't know Jesus and I've been struggling in a cold cold world but today I want to find something as a remedy for the emptiness that's been left in my heart I'm telling you today that when you're undone and you don't know where else to turn, turn to Jesus. If that's you and you'd say, Pastor, would you pray with me? Just slip a hand up wherever you are. If you're watching online this morning, you can drop us a word in the chat. You can send us an inbox. We'd love to get somebody in contact with you. But if that's you today, wherever you are, just slip a hand up. We want to pray and believe God that the fire of God would just fill your life afresh today. Amen. As our team ministers to us here in conclusion today, we've got several minutes left. Just Let's just lift our hands all over this place and worship the Lord. And today, listen, I say this so often and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm not perfect. The person next to you is not perfect. Nobody on this platform is perfect. Nobody who's been on this platform today is perfect. And we all struggle. And we all have times where it's hard to gain the right perspective and the clarity that we need. But I just want to encourage you today that if you need, if you need some encouragement, if you need a fire shut up in your bones to be reignited again, a zeal for the things of God that once was there but has waned in its, in its fervency, and I encourage you today just to come and find a place around these altars and begin to call out to God. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.